Yeah. So I was like, listen, um, I don't care who you are and what you got. You just can't come down my chimney without a warrant. I told him that straight up. Anyways, welcome back, everyone, to our new Secret Santa episode of the Comics Collective. Happy holidays to everyone out there. We're so glad you can join us. Our um, regular season for the year is kind of over. So we're not talking about any new particular comics this year. We have two more episodes for you coming out. Um, two specials next week's is going to be everything but where we talk about everything we read but comics but today's is a special premiere episode we'll see if this kicks off and we'll see if this sticks around i hope everyone had fun with it but we did a secret santa drawing amongst the four of us here i'm your host Anne, and who else is here who else was involved in this drawing let's pass it around i'm dallas and i got a cool book I'm Alexis, and I also got a cool book. And I'm Evan, and I also got a book that I enjoyed. <laughs> I won't say it's cool. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like mostly successful. Reactions. Mostly successful. Okay. Um, yeah. So as we talked about last week, we did Super Santa. All of us sent books to each other. And my book, I will just start off really quickly from My Secret Santa, was Crimson Flower by Matt Kent. Matt, Les Newski, sorry, I'm so sorry. My tongue, just, I, I swear to God. And Colors by Bill Crabtree. That was my book. Dallas, what book did you get? I got Vagabond by Takehiko Anui. She looks big. It is a thickum. This is the Viz Big edition, where okay. it's three volumes in one book, which like, thank you, Secret Santa. I got a big chunk of this book. Your Secret Santa said work, bitch. Lexi, <laughs> what did you get? I got Exterminators by Leah Williams and art by Carlos Gomez and color artist by Brian Valenza. Very good. Awesome. And... Evan, what did you get? I got Mimi's Tales of Terror. It's a adaptation. Uh, the original story is from Hirokatsu Kihara and Ichiro Nakayama. Uh, but this adaptation is Junji Ito's from Uzumaki fam. Ooh, fantastic. Ooh. I, those, those all sound really, really awesome. And I can't wait to get into it. Does, do I have a volunteer, someone who wants to go first? Anyone really itching to jump off and talk about the book first thing? I can go first because I really enjoyed mine. Okay, go for it. Okay, so let me just say, I, first of all, didn't put anything on my wish list because I got a little too buck wild and I <laughs> mixed up my Christmas lists. So I didn't put any comics on the one that was provided to my Secret Santa. So they really just like pulled this from the dark and they're like, you know what? Here, let's just drop this gem into her hands and see what will see what will happen. Because when I tell you that this was the ultimate girl party vampire hunting extravaganza, this is the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. This book was made just for me. They said, you like this little blonde lady that sings and that's her powers? You'll love her. Now let her hunt vampires. With her girlfriends after she gets after she dumps her boyfriend for cheating on her. Best thing that's ever happened in the world. Um, it follows, first of all, Dazzler. I have never read anything with Dazzler actually in it. She's just been like on the outskirts of all of my media for a, quite a few um, 
things that we've covered for the show. Like she's been mentioned, but she's not really a character. Um, but this followed her and her little ramshackle group of girlfriends um, with Boom Boom and Jubilee, and then later joined by Laura Kinney. And holy shit, they are so fun. <laughs> like this was the ultimate. It actually was hilarious because um, when this arrived in the mail, it came with like those cute little like personalized notes from Amazon that was like, you can write a message to who you're sending it to. And it said, girls, 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 enjoy. And that was the best note that could have ever been with this book. It was so fun. And if you guys deign to listen to our Twilight episode, this was just even this was just icing on the cake. I love a good vampire. I love a girl, good girl boss. And this was just the perfect mix of that. Um, it was such a quick read. It was so fun. The colors were amazing. I loved all the bright colors. The pinks, the oranges, the yellows, they just all had such a fun design and all of their different personalities with the four just really played together so well. There was, it was just, it was just so fun. So, so much of like a joyful, just like kick back, read it on a Saturday type of run. I would hand this to anybody. I loved it. Thank you, Secret Santa. So what I'm getting here is a lot of from hell vibes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Well, we're all very glad you enjoyed it. But Lexi, now is the part where you tell us just, you know, kind of, you know, walk us through your process here. Which of us three do you think sent you this book? You know, okay, let me walk you through it because I initially had one answer, but then something, something that happened this weekend made me change my answer. So initially... I thought with the girls, girls, girls comment, I was like, okay, so it has to be a boy because they're making fun of us. <laughs> so it has to be either Dallas or Evan. And then I was like, mm, this doesn't seem like a Dallas pick. Love him, but I don't think this is what he would put in my hands. So I've, I have read and love Exterminators. Oh, well, this is news to me. I read it. I read it as it came out. But as, I told you about it before. Well, you don't wait, wait. listen to me. <laughs> Evan, did you read Exterminators? Yeah, I didn't like it, but it's something that I would have thought Lexi would love. Yeah, see? 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 The Evan. plot thickens. The plot thickens. But see, I feel like there would have been something else that Dallas would have put in my hands. Like something like more from hell. I don't know. Something with a spider miserable. and a boy. I don't know. Something. Happy so. Christmas. Here's a book you'll hate. Me! <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know. I can't call it. Leave me alone. Um, but then I received something from my sweet, sweet Anne on Saturday that had the teeniest little tiny giveaway in that bag because I, on my stupid secret Santa lists that I mixed up, there was a hair clip that had little tiny books on it that I just found in the corner of this website that we used. And it was on that wish list. And I was like, there's no way that my person who was my secret Santa would not know that and send me that. You can look at anyone's secret Santa yeah, anyone can that's look in it. your, I looked at all of your lists. <gasps> well, then never mind. So you thought, <gasps> oh, you almost, you thought you sure. I was going to say it was you. I thought I was oh, going to okay. say that I, fig- I figured out Anne. That was her. I was going to say it was Anne, but now I'm not you're, sure. a, you're a brand ambassador for the app Elfster. Folks, <laughs> 
There's this app that helps you do Secret Santa. It's called Elfster. And Alexis discovered it about three years ago. And we've never gotten to do a normal Christmas since. She holds my whole family and every friend group we share at gunpoint. And she's like, it's Elfster time. It's Elfster time this year. I hate Elfster. And she holds us. Why has nobody told me that? Nobody said anything. Yo, me me and my brother... We finally had a, a bunch little... of quiet little bitches complaining in the corner. <laughs> we had a coup d'etat a couple weeks ago where we talked about how much we hate Elfster and it felt so liberating to be like, oh, it's not just me. We all hate You're this stupid little app. It's like my wife discovered the tab app that lets you like scan receipts. Oh my God. Demo everyone. Yeah, okay. Elfster <laughs> brings up tab app. She brings it up constantly and she's like, I she's put like it on my tab app. And I'm like, are we like a. That's what I say. I'm like, are we living in a commercial? Like, quit <laughs> yeah. explaining the tab app to our friends. Like, Addie is so good at, she is. at pitching she the tab app. She is so app. good she at is pitching so that. so skilled at it. It's insane. I was like, I hope yeah. you're on Elfster, your payroll. Elfster is your tab app. That's fair. I'll take that. I've got two sorry women my, with sorry two that I'm joyful. apps in my life. <laughs> I, I think Elfster's cool. <laughs> I like Elfster. I just thought it was handy. I'll just never bring it up ever again. Hell. Okay. I'll just go live on my bed. From hell. Yeah. Hey. That's where Elf I, I, Dallas. I, Dallas would have got me a shitty buck. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I was saying. I didn't even consider it an option, and the book wasn't okay. shit. No, it must be Anne. Okay. So, Lexi, <laughs> you were going to say you were going to say me. I was going to say you. I was going to say you. Are you going to stick with it? Sure. I'm, yes. I'm going to double down on that. I okay. still think that it's Anne. <clears throat> double down. Putting a little check mark. I'm keeping track of everyone's picks. <gasps> I'm gonna go last, by the way. Um, any any <laughs> other thoughts before we move on? I would say read this book. It's very fun. Apparently, everybody else already has. So, I'm just <laughs> spouting it into the universe. <laughs> what did you think of the other characters, Lex? You talked about Dazzler. What did you think of Jubilee? And Boom 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 and is the best character that I've ever found in the whole world. Her... Did you like when she called them her boom booms? Yes. And there was the big explosions over her boobs? Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Or just the fact that she was just like blood, completely bloodied wearing like a little cherry dress. I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. This is the girls, girls, girls right there. So the writer of this, Leah Williams, in an interview said that she just had a bunch of... Uh, she always has like a basically a Pinterest board of inspirations when she writes, mm-hmm. and it was just a bunch of like Japanese cartoon porn when she wrote this. Amazing. She's like, it was a bunch of hentai. It was like all she was looking at when she wrote this book. How do you feel like the horniness of Exterminators <laughs> came through? Because it's a book with a big warning on like the first page. Yeah. Warning: mm-hmm. This is horny for grownups. Do you feel like, A, that's true, and B, was it a fun aspect of this comic for you? I thought it was really fun because honestly, like, I mean, very minimally is this like me and my group of girlfriends, but like going out and getting drunk and like having that like girlhood of like having someone go through a breakup and you go all out and you go kind of buck wild with your friends um, definitely came through a lot with this. And it's so funny because like, the more drinks you have in you as a group of girls, the raunchier you get. So I feel like that really showed through with this, which I thought was super funny. Like their humor got a little bit more like gross and like more like 
definitely horny, which I thought was hilarious. Like it just definitely was the perfect mix of just what it's like to be a girl. Mm-hmm. But if you have superpowers, so it's great. What <laughs> makes you, you say, Oh, you go, you go. <clears throat> no, no, you, you continue that one. I have, I have a different question. Um, what makes you say that boom, boom was your favorite character and how do you feel like Wolverine played off of this group where Laura Kinney is a little bit more serious and grumpy than the other three? Well, first of all, Boom Boom, I've never experienced her on the page, I don't think, from off the top of my head. I don't think she's ever showed up. And she, I just loved how... I don't want to say that she just, like, had that don't care attitude because, like, she definitely was on the same page as everybody else. But she just was, like, a level of unhinged that I feel like everybody has in their friend group. Like, she's the friend that you have to watch at the bar because she's going to fall into a toilet. (laughs) One of my favorite comics of all time has her as one of the leaders of a team. And they consistently hit on the point that she can't read. And it is so funny. That is funny. That, that, that. I hate to say it, but that makes sense that she can't read. <laughs> oh, I love her. And also, the their Laura funny Kinney little outfits question. that they have at the end. Shout out to those. What did you think of Laura Kinney oh. as like the the hard and grumpy of the group? It just was so perfect. Like when she, I mean, obviously she's on the cover, so I knew that she was going to pop up at some point. But when they like pop up into the arena with her and she's like, oh, it's you. Like, oh, okay. Like, all right. I don't have to fight to the death anymore. I'm like, girl, what have you been doing? What have you been doing for the last few days? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like they she just like foils these other characters so perfectly because she, yes, is a very serious character, but she also enjoys their presence. Like you can tell that she's having a good time being with them, even though she's having to like rein them back in time and time again. She's like, okay, yeah, like we got to. Let's, let's break out of this mysterious little box that we're in. Like, please, everybody, let's get on the same page. Let's all not just, like, get distracted by these funny little dress-up dresses that are on these racks in here. Like, just stuff like that. It just uh, it just was so fun. Like, I, it was so fun to sit down with and mm-hmm. and read. I enjoyed it. I, sat, I read it all in one sitting, so. <laughs> my final question before I let anyone else speak, because <laughs> that's my number one goal on this podcast is right. to pick up mm-hmm. all the airwaves at all times naturally finally i want to hear your thoughts about jubilee and i want to give you the information that jubilee was a vampire for a while okay it said it like had a few references to that and i was like i would love to read that yeah. side quest because <laughs> there was like a running joke jubilee was wolverine's little kid sidekick in the 90s oh. and they let her slowly grow up into her teens And then they didn't want to let her age anymore. So they turned her into a vampire. So it would make sense that all of her classmates aged past her. And she got to stay the spunky teenage sidekick. But then they got bored with that. And now she has a baby who is a dragon in a magical King Arthur fairyland. That's exciting. Comics. She's been through (laughs) a lot. Comics. There you go. Yeah. That's funny, actually, because that makes a lot of sense. The best part about the vampire age that you'll love, Lexi, is that there's a lot of homoerotic uh, <laughs> images with her and uh, Laura Kinney. So yeah, they definitely were like meant to become girlfriends, and then Marvel was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not allowed." Actually, rude. <laughs> That's terrible. So, what I do you think her. of Jubilee? I love her. I love. 
Um, specifically at the end when she like goes all supernova or whatever and like burns all of her hair off and they put that funny little like sock stocking cap on her head. I think it's hilarious. That is true girl friendship right there. <laughs> Jubilee, what are you doing? My fucking best. <laughs> But she calls her on the phone. Oh, that's so funny. That was that was gonna be my question. Act. Did you have a favorite moment or a favorite line? Just probably probably that one. Yeah. Or um. Oh my gosh, there's one with Boom Boom at the bar, pretty early on, where she's like, "I didn't think (laughs) I drank that much," and she like face plants into one of the chairs. Um, let me find it. I love her disaster. I, I know I know some people don't like it, but it's beer o'clock slots will always send me up the fucking wall. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, or she says something funny when she, because initially they're like separated when they go into the wherever they're at. Um, and she's like put in like a weird sewer with like scary monsters. And she says something, I swear she says something about it smelling like Jubilee's bedroom. While she's like delirious. And I was mm-hmm. like, the fact that they're roommates makes that even better. <laughs> delirious. Awesome. So, so glad you loved it. Now, we will move on to Dallas and Evan. Do either one of you want to go next? Do you want to do rock, paper, scissors for it? All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, we shit. both did scissors. Sorry. Damn. I guess we're just doing a. Uh... Executioners at the again, exact same time all right i'll go all right so my book was mimi's tales of terror and i didn't know anything about it i put it on my wish list and it's here <laughs> so i was excited to read it because i love juju ito and i love new juju ito stuff um it follows mimi the titular character and i guess again it's an adaptation so i don't really know how to compare it to the original works but in this it's a collection of short stories um and just weird experiences she has. They're all a little bit creepy. So it starts off with a very short story where it's like three pages. It's called Utility Pole. And it's literally her and her uh, eventual boyfriend. And they're driving. And she goes, oh, my God, what's that at the utility pole? And he goes, what? There's nothing there. She's like, look. And there's like this big creepy face in the sky. And he's like, you're crazy. And that's it. So <laughs> it was kind of a rough start <laughs> to the actual book. And, but the good thing about Juju Ito stories is that they always get better as they go along. Like they get progressively more tense, more scary. You start to get more and more into the mood. And eventually you get to the story that you love. And so that's what happened with this one, where I got to the end of the story. And so like halfway through, there's like stories I really liked. Like there's one about uh, a ghost that kept leaving uh, charcoal or soot marks as if like because they were set on fire. And so that was really kind of creepy. Uh, and then kind of goofy at the end, which is also a trademark for Juju Ito that sometimes they just end like in a really goofy way. Then um, there's another one where there's a hole in its abandoned house and there's a red dot just in the middle of that hole on the wall. And so the girl brings Mimi there. She's like, yeah, uh, my parents, my dad went here. We, we discovered it with my dad and he just felt like there's something special about this hole. So he closed himself in the hole and then he disappeared. And I swear this, the red dot got darker. And so someone else did it and the red dot got darker again. And so the girl ends up locking Mimi down there because she wants to get rid of her because she wants to date uh, her boyfriend, basically. Um, 
And but Mimi eventually gets out with the help of her boyfriend. The girl puts herself down there and disappears. Uh, but the tension for that was really creepy, and it was such a weird story. A lot of Juji Ito stories also just kind of like leave you with the mystery and never a real explanation. This was one of them. And when he does that, chef's kiss. And so I was like, damn, that was a great way to end it. That's the strongest way you could possibly end it. And then there was an afterward where they're talking about the adaptation and everything. And then it's not over. There's one more story. And it was the best one. And I was so happy there was another story. Because like that ending was like, that was really good. This is exactly what I wish the entire thing was. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the entire read-ups to that point. But that story was like, wow. This is like really hitting on those like Junji Ito, Uzumaki, uh, Giro type of stories that I really love. Uh, and then the last one is so weird and so off the balls. And I don't know, again, I don't know if this is a Junji Ito original or if it's from Hiro, uh, Hirokatsu or Ichiro. But whoever wrote this one, fucking fabulous stuff. I love it. It's so weird. It's about people working at a haunted house and they need a new attraction. And so they come up with this idea of what if there's a like because i guess when they were kids they saw a ghost that was like hidden under a door like just the hair was sticking out of the door as if it got flattened by this door and when they went to pick it up it like moaned and it was really freaking around and stuff and so now as adults she's like oh we should put this into the attraction so she's just she's explaining it to people they're like i don't really get it but then they get someone to work on the door and the guy gets obsessed with the idea and he's like super into it and they're like that's weird uh but he makes the costume and everything but they can't get the moan right they keep trying to keep trying. They can't get it right. And so her and her partner are arguing. There's a car accident. And her partner ends up getting crushed by the truck. And while he's crushed and dying, he lets out this guttural, disgusting moan. And so she comes back the next day. She's like, or like at, during the funeral of this guy, she's like, hey, boss, I have to show you something. <laughs> and so she gathers up after the funeral of the guy, of her friend, her lifelong friend who just died. And she goes, yo, listen to this. And she plays the moan. She plays it. She recorded it like a fucking freak. And then everyone's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Turn it off. Turn it off. What was that? She's like, I have a confession to make. <laughs> and then she tells them that moan was from my dying friend who we just had the funeral of. And they're all like, what's your problem? Are you serious? That was so weird. Why would you do that? We're going to use that. It's like using it in the trap. But it was so good. Like people are like, these, this couple go into the, the thing and they go to they get to the room where that attraction is and they're freaking they're watching them on camera and these people are freaking out they're screaming and they're like you guys what's wrong with you people that was disgusting i got blood all over my face this and that and they're like you got blood over your face there's no blood in this this mannequin it's like a mannequin it's like it's just it's just like a, a fake dude under here there's not supposed to be blood or anything and that's basically like where it ends and it's just and oh and then they lift the door open and it's gone the mannequin's just gone it's so weird. It's so freaky. And it was so off-putting and funny. And that's exactly I was like, oh, this is so good. And so after that, I just sat on my couch. And I was like, hell yeah. So whoever got me this, uh, thank you so much. It was very good. Uh, and I, I'm not I, – I feel like I, I don't know exactly who got it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to do some mathematics to try to figure it out based on who got what, which makes me – almost I, I really can't explain my thought process without spoiling maybe who i got my present for uh though i suppose that there's also the opportunity that that person also got me a present i don't know so mm-hmm. I, I i i my guess right now with no explanation is lexi but i do not know and you guys all have very good poker faces hmm Mm. Hmm. 
Can I can I ask some story questions? Yes, you can. So I am always very, very fond of Junji Ito. I try to read his new thing every year, but I think the only one that has stuck with me long term, it like the only one I haven't re-gifted to somebody. I loved Remina. I keep selling or giving away and then rebuying Remina. So I should just like yeah. hold on to a copy <laughs> at this point. But like Uzumaki is clearly his masterpiece. It's the one He's that like I'm never gonna get rid of. And so I've often asked myself if Junji Ito has a rereadability and a staying power, or if I should just accept that I really like his things the once and then I send them out into the universe again. So do you A feel like Junji Ito's stories have a rereadability and a staying power? And then B, do you feel like this book is one that you want to keep on your shelf for a long time? I might be biased because I think Junji Ito definitely has uh, readability power um, because I've read Uzumaki like three times and I've read Tomie collection like five times. Cause I, I need Tomie. to read Tomie so bad. He is so weird and fantastic. Her and one also, story in Shiver was my favorite of the bunch. And ever yeah. since I've been like, I need to get Tomie. Yeah. Shiver is also another one. I like the the story. I think Shiver is the one that has like the giant plant <laughs> that, that like they're eating like the nectar from the plant. Do you remember that story? No, so I think it's not in oh, it's not Shiver. Shiver. I, Shiver's, not, I have it. The cover's like orange. Uh, Shiver's blue. Okay, yeah, it's not Shiver then. I have to figure out what that is. There's so many stories. But also like, because then I think about all the stories that I go back to, like the ones with the floating heads or mm-hmm, the best story, Shiver. best horror short story of all time. Like easily, bar none, the whole of in the mountain mm-hmm. story. Did you read that one, Dallas? I don't think so. Oh my God. What is it oh called? Oh my God. It's like the whole I'm, of something mountain, but it's the one where these people go camp. Like there's these people go camping and on the side of the mountain, there's these holes. And as they get closer, like there's everyone's like crowding around it. It's over in the news and everything. Everyone's freaking out. And as they get closer, they realize that the holes are shaped kind of like a person. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'll say. I won't spoil the rest for you. You got to read it. Read it okay. literally tonight. It'll take it like is. 10, read it tonight. It will right change before, your life. Literally right before you go to bed. That's be the last thing on your mind. It freaked, when I was young and I was like 16 reading mm-hmm. that shit, I stayed up almost all night. Just like I kept waking up. It freaked me out so much. It was so good. And it's I, that I think is better than Uzumaki as a whole. Like Uzumaki is fantastic, mm-hmm. but that one story blows every part of Uzumaki out of the water, in my opinion. Look, but Uzumaki is also like a 10 out of 10 story. So it's really yeah. like you're talking about 10 out of 10 versus 11 out of 10. It's all great. Um, but I think he's great because a lot of his stories are just. So jumping inable, <laughs> well, you can just jump into a lot of them. Like Uzumaki's a long one, Giru is a long one, uh, Ramina is a long one. Like it's a full volume, or it's like an adaptation of Frankenstein. But a lot of the stuff he does are like just short stories. So for me, I forget a lot about them, and then I get into it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember this part. And so then there's an extra level of creeping terror as you have to go to page knowing what you're getting yourself into, and then you finally get to that one page. There's always that one page. Where you turn, you're like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't want to see that. And it always feels fantastic and it always feels fun. So 100%, I think he's a lot of his stories, especially the shorter ones, are rereadable. And I, I have two more questions, but I want everyone else to be able to talk. <laughs> First, the, um, the story that you're looking for, Dallas, is the Enigma of Amagara Fault. Yes. Okay. And it's... I... What I was going to say is I love how many of Junji Iro's stories are like that. Just short stories, but it's like you read them once and then they completely change you. They stick with you. They 
good horror, I think, should always stick with you long after you finish reading it. Like, I will go into, like, an average horror movie like, I don't, like, um, Insidious or something like that, and I will sit in it, and I'll be like, that was a great scary time. It was fun seeing Darth Maul for five seconds. But then I'll go home, and I'll sleep that night, and I won't think about it twice. Yeah. The thing I love about Junji Ito, Ito is his ability to pull things, like, straight out of your nightmares that are so weird and freaky that even if they don't always make sense, you just have to think about them. Like my yeah. one of I think my favorite Junji Ito short story, if it's not the um the hanging balloons, it's probably Blackbird. Which is this that? it's this crazy story where this is guy in the woods who um sees this bird with like a woman's face, and there's this guy who went um who ends up in the hospital and keeps hallucinating this thing is coming back to um to oh, feed yeah. him. Oh my god. I and, like, oh my god, yeah. I'm yeah, this this bird woman keeps showing up into his hotel room to feed him every night. And then like he heals and he gets better, but then he goes missing. And there's this really insane plot twist that happens at the end that turns it into the most like, like skin crawling story I've ever read in my entire life. It's, it's incredible. And my third point was Evan, you describing that last story made me think immediately of that scene in back to the future. He's like, Hey, you know, that new sound you're looking for. Well, listen (laughs) to this. And then, <laughs> 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 You're like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh my god! That's that's perfect, actually. That's exactly um, what I'm looking for. <laughs> so, it's awesome. You enjoyed it. Hard to go wrong with Junji Ito. Oh yeah, bunch of sick little freaks. I think my yeah. <laughs> my favorite Junji Ito is in Uzumaki. Uzumaki is interesting because, like, it is one story, but it is absolutely also a short story collection. They just yeah. all are connected and the mosquitoes chapter of Uzumaki is the most body horror grossed out I've ever been of anything in my life. Um, Second only in horror to the ending of revival, which I know didn't work quite as much for Evan as it did me, but like the the existential horror at the end of revival that I don't want to spoil for anyone, but like the big question it posits, like if that is true, like that fills me with so much dread yeah that like and it's not even like this isn't too much it's not the ants of it all it is the like (laughs) larger concept that like if that is true that's the scariest thing that i've ever can ever conceived by man um but my two two more questions about junji ito i have been really surprised in recent years how much of his work has become adaptation Mm. Um, like I remember rushing out to pick up No Longer Human and then realizing it was an adaptation his Frankenstein is awesome an adaptation this you said is an adaptation do you feel like Junji Ito loses a step at all when he's adapting other people's work or does it feel of a piece with everything else I think it depends like in this collection I thought the stories were weaker than his normal what what I perceive to be like his normal baseline. Like his baseline is still is always like an eight out of ten. This mm-hmm. most of the stories here felt like six to seven out of ten. And then like the last two or three, I was like, now we're talking. Now we're like wrapping up. And the last story is up there as one of my favorites, probably. Once once I think about it like five years from now. Um, but then you have books like his Frankenstein or like his No Longer Human, which are fantastic. And uh I think a lot of people also consider like No Longer Human is like one of his best books, like period. Like they do the, the rankings I always see is usually um, Uzumaki, 
naturally. Sometimes it's Tomie collection and then no longer human. So uh, clearly it works for people. And I think it also worked for me. Uh, I prefer a lot when he's just being his own weirdo self, you know, because mm-hmm. he's a weird dude in real life too, where he gets scared very easily about random stuff. And then he's cats. obsessed with cats. He has like a book. He has a book about cats. And it's Yon fantastic. and Moo. It's on my show. Yeah. <laughs> so he's such a weird guy. And it really translates well when he's writing because you get all these weird concepts that because he's weird, but very human, you feel that connection to him where you're like, these are stuff that he's thinking of that scare him and sharing with us. And that gives us a connection to him. And so that makes the stories feel a lot more personal to me when I'm reading them. And it also makes me feel like I'm being seen more because while I'm not thinking about uh, giant black birds with women's faces, you know, feeding me food while I'm laying in bed, I am thinking that's a dream I could have had. You know, like I had a dream, a reoccurring dream, mind you, when I was a kid. So not once, not twice, like a dozen times as a kid where I was walking in the dark deck near a river or like a boat lodge or something like that. And a small minotaur man would run up to me and chase me. And I would just be standing there frozen in fear. And he'd hit me in the nuts with his head and I would wake up like at six or four in the morning. And this happened again, multiple times. So where did it come from? I don't know. But it kept happening. I don't know if it happened once and my mom was just like, yeah, that's fucked up. Let's do it again. Or what happened there? But that's that was my childhood nightmare for a long time. So that's a weird thing that I could have seen him being like, yeah, that happened to me too. I'm like, what are you talking about? And like, like that's like the human connection of it all. It's like, this is weird. But like, I get it because all of us have had like that weird thought or weird nightmare or weird like, be- not back out experience, but like walking home alone experience, you know? <laughs> that that dream you just for a back alley experience we all had a weird back alley experience i'm, I'm logging that it. away for the rest of my life <laughs> um b your minotaur dream reminds me of the kind of dreams they're having on twin peaks which i mean a little foreshadowing to my chats next week i listened to doug for every kind of treat and twin peaks is one of the greatest shows of all time um and see, my final question for you, Evan, mm-hmm. I am someone who consistently buys and then does not finish short story collections. I feel like I love the idea of a short story collection. I love short stories. I love writing them. I love reading mm-hmm. them. But the collections have too many built in stopping points mm-hmm. for me yeah. to then just never return to it. Like, I'll be like, that's enough for today. And then, like, there is no what happens next of a novel. I've already gotten it all. Do you have a similar experience with short story collections or do you really love short story collections? That's a great and thoughtful question. I appreciate you asking that. Uh, I love short story collections. It helped me get into reading again. So a few years ago, I started, I didn't finish the book, but a few years ago. I don't think anyone has ever finished a short story collection. They're like chapstick. (laughs) And no one finishes them. The funniest thing about it is that I bring it everywhere with me. It's a thick ass Neil Gaiman like experience. The Neil Gaiman reader? Finish a Neil Gaiman? It's so good and I can't finish it. I keep bringing it everywhere. The only short story collection I've ever finished was Trigger Warnings by Neil Gaiman. Oh, that, that, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. So that's why. But listen, he has a lot of great books in there. One of my favorite short stories in there is uh, what, I Cthulhu? Is that what it's called? I Cthulhu is great. It's so good. Or I read it because fa- of you. 
Thank you. Or mm-hmm. I guess maybe not my, that might not be my favorite. My, it's, if it's not my favorite, then my other favorite would be, there's a story about, uh, I think it's Lancelot or one of the Knights of the Round Table. And he comes to like this old woman's house and he's knocking the door. And he's like, ma'am, uh, you're in possession of the Holy Grail. It's the one thing I need to complete my quest. I can finally go home. I've been searching for centuries. It's right there. And she found this at an antique shop. This is the Holy Grail. She found it at an antique shop, polished it off and said, that would look nice on my mantle. And he was like, please, I need it. I can finally complete my quest and rest and we'll save Camelot. And she goes, come back tomorrow. And so he leaves and he comes back and he's like, can I have it now? She's like, help me do some chores. And he helps her do chores and stuff. And she's like, I really like it. Come back tomorrow. And she does this for like a week or two. And it's such a stupid, but like mythical, what's the word? A magical realist, like mm-hmm. idea or a surrealist story. And I always love those kind of things. So yeah, it's hard to finish short story collections, yeah. but it's also like easy to get into short story collections because you could pick them up. That's why, like recently with video games, and this would be my last tangent before I pass it on. But with video games recently, I've had a hard time finishing longer games unless I really force myself. Like Spider Man Two, I was able to finish, uh, and I liked it enough that I was like, "Oh yeah, twenty hours, I can knock that out." But then Baldur's Gate Three, a game I absolutely loved with a passion. I put like 40 hours into it and I only got through act one. And in the middle of act two, I said, I'm done. I was just done. <laughs> and I was, I was in love with that game and I still love that game. And I think about that game. And I'm like, I should go back to it. And I never do. Cause it's a commitment. And, but video games that are short, like, or like roguelike experiences where you die and the idea is you die, make some progress and restart and die, make progress. Like Shifu. Shifu is one of my favorite games of all time now, because I was able to sit down with that and do like, Sometimes it was like a five minute experience. And I'm like, all right, I got my ass kicked. I learned nothing. I'm done. I'll just walk away. Or like Hades is another great example where you're like, you're playing the game. You're having a great time. 15 minute runs. You could do a 15 minute run. You could be done. You could do a 30 minute or two runs doing 30 minutes or 20 minutes, be done. And then you don't have to think about the game again for like two months, right? And you come back to it. So I feel the same way about short story collections where I could be like, wow, I just had a worthwhile and fun experience. Something that's going to stick with me. I Cthulhu has clearly stuck with me. You know, a lot of these, uh, like the, the the enigma of default or whatever it's called, has clearly, oh God, been, yeah. but the rest of it has stuck with me like very much, right? And so those are experiences you just get very quickly. And I think that's really nice about short stories that you could just have that experience of a full novel or full story and then kind of be done. And it still hits you almost as impactful, I would say. Or sometimes even more. That's true. Hell Some yeah. of... Neil Gaiman is a master of the short story. I I need to read some Stephen King short stories. I've never read any of his short stories. I was going to ask. And I know he's like Mr. Short Story himself. Yeah. Next year. Night Shift. Night Shift is one of the best books ever. Listen, Cujo. man, if, if you ever got like 10. To, Cujo's not a short story. <laughs> Cujo Sorry, should have been shorter. I wanted that to kid Cujo, to die. The sequel to Cujo. Cujo Stephen, Cujo 2 is happening. I wasn't joking. It's a short story. That's wild. Oh, yeah. It's in the upcoming collection. Oh, you thought I was joking. No. I'm a serious I... guy. Like Placid. Can we? <laughs> I'm only reading Cujo 2 if that kid finally dies. I'm, I swear to God. I've never been more upset at a child in anything than I was watching Cujo the movie. I had to I mute the movie. He dies in the book. If he dies in the book. He dies in the book. Does he? Yeah, yeah. He does. well, shit. He did. I don't think he died in the movie. I he does not. Die. If no, he, he died in the not. movie, I would. Yeah, I would have been very happy about it if he did. I could not deal with that kid. I. I'm so sorry. That child 
God bless you, whoever you are. Killed that movie for me. I I was rooting for the dog. Okay, what what is Cujo 2 about? We or don't know yet. It comes out in March. Dog back. Dog, dog back. back matter. More rabies. The cover <laughs> of this new short story collection from King is so good. That alligator island yeah. with the trees on it. I was like, damn, whoever's doing your covers right now. The last three Stephen King books, stellar covers. Oh, yeah. Um, I digress, though. Yeah. The Say. <laughs> you go. I was going to pass it off to you to talk about your book. But do you have anything to say before you start talking about your book? No. Okay. Uh, no, never. So. Okay. Yeah, he never talks. I am the one that edit this podcast, so I get to talk the most. <laughs> That's fair. It's only, it's only fair. Listen, I will take my ball and go home. No, it's not fair. No. <laughs> As a guy who's telling you the least amount, <laughs> say it's not fair. <laughs> I absolutely, this podcast is my very nice basketball that you buy the very nice basketball. So everyone else at elementary school has to let you play because they want to use your really nice basketball. I'm not speaking from experience at all. Um, and if you're not getting enough game time, if you're not going to talk enough on the podcast, you take it home. You say, Oh, basketball's over the end. And you wonder why people don't like you very much. Um, not again, not from experience. Didn't have a hard elementary school at all. So, so I was gifted vagabond so my elfster list um alexis just earned 10 cents by the way every time the elfster is mentioned alexis earns 10 cents elfster 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 yeah no uh, stop you're killing him about it it's a hard holiday okay i i'm like tinkerbell and like one of my four wings just fell off lexi if it makes you feel better me and my friends used elfster for our secret santa as well it's kind of helpful i'm sorry that i ruined dallas's holidays Totally just trying cool. to be helpful. Stupid as hell. Anyway, my Elfster list was just a bunch of manga. So shout out to the Twitter user Comics Yahoo. Super nice person. I have been shouting into the void for a million years that manga is hard for me to get into because every time I say I really liked this manga that I just read. What else is like it? Everyone opens the fire hose of Shonen Jump teenage boy horny comics. And they I'm like, okay, if everybody's saying I like this, I'll give it a try. And I read it and I hate it. And I'm like, manga sucks. And I go quiet for another year about manga until I stumble upon another one that I read. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I shouldn't write off an entire country's worth of comics. And then it's the same vicious process every single time is them being like, <laughs> I bet he wants this one about how this guy with a chainsaw head is a hero. Cause he wants to touch breasts. I'm like, no, I don't want to read that one. And they're like, it's the best one right now. It's like, then they're all bad. If that's the best one. <laughs> and that's a little shot at Chainsaw Man. Um, oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't know, that's the point of Chainsaw Man. Is if he's a hero, he gets to touch boobies. Uh, shoot me with a rusty spoon out of a nail gun. Um, and then, finally, like an angel out of the sky, Comic Yahoo said, my brother 
you uh, you just got to read Sinan manga, Sinan manga. Like everyone keeps giving you shonen. That is for little boys. Sinan is for adult boys. That's based on everything you ever talk about and like, you will like Sinan manga. And I listened and boy, howdy, have I discovered some comics that I love. Turns out if you read for your demographic, man, if they're like this book, this is for 30 year old men. Turns out if you're just under 30 and a man and you read that, you'll be like, oh, man, this is awesome. I felt like the Junji Ito panel from Remino when he's like, this hole was made for me. I'm going to get in this hole. It was made for me. That's how I it's feel. It's not for Remino. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> No, that's from the com- the comic that Evan told you to read. Oh, I've read that one then. Remnant's <laughs> the giant moon. I know. I thought that also happened in the moon. I don't it's remember. a short story at the end of the moon. I think it might Is be it? a short story at the end of Remina. Let me. I'm gonna double check. You're gonna hear some typing sounds. I could have that sworn so that it was in Remina because I've absolutely read that. It might be. It was in one of the short story collections for sure. But I thought it no, was No, it in... was in Go. It was in the collection for Go. I don't know yeah. why. What was in Remina? Hold on. I'm searching There Remina. was a very similar panel in Remina. Because I have not read the short story collection Gyo. I have read Remina and I recognize that panel. So. Interesting. Say what you will. I had a bunch of Seinen manga on my list and My Secret Santa. Did not get any of those, but instead got me what everybody is like, listen, real manga for real boys, 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 Berserk and Vagabond and Vinland Saga. These are the comics for men. And I already own volume one of Vinland Saga, which I haven't started yet. I read volume one of Berserk and I went, that's crazy that he had sex with a demon and cut its head off in the first three pages. This is a nuts book. And it continued to be nuts the whole way through. Really liked volume one of that. And this genius that is my secret Santa that I'm like 90% sure I've got right. Got me Vagabond by Takahiko Inui. Anui Inui. I'm trying my best. Which is a much like one of my favorite comics of all time, Usagi Yojimbo is a retelling, fictional retelling, of the samurai Miyamoto Musashi's life. And I don't know if there has ever been a dude that I have liked more than Miyamoto Musashi, because he inspired Usagi Yojimbo, he inspired Vagabond, and he inspired the movie Yojimbo. It's like, that's a baddie. If you've got three of the best things that are just a retelling of your life, good for you. This VizBig edition collects the first three volumes of Vagabond, which is the story of young samurai Shinman Takezo, who gets the name Miyamoto Musashi by the end of this volume. He earns his name like a good protagonist. And his loser friend, Honiden Matahachi, who uh, is hit with the big horny pretty early on, um, lies to get into bed with this woman, and then... She's like, I, he pretends to be his friend who he knows she's into to like get into bed with her. And then she very quickly is like, wait, this is you. And he's like, no, she's like, yes, it is. But then they like get married and move away. And I was like, this is a crazy book. Um, 
But it it follows the vagabond samurai Musashi on his journey from scrappy soldier to pissed off dude with a stick to tied to a tree for a whole volume until he stops being so angry and then goes in classic samurai fashion and beats the snot out of a whole school of samurai that think they're really cool but are not. Again, a little bit of spoiler for anything but the com- everything but the comics episode. I'm going to talk about the animated show Blue-Eyed Samurai a lot on that episode. And the first episode of that has one of the best ever. I'm going to beat up this whole school of samurais. I'm actually a baddie moments. And so to get that again in Vagabond, it hit so hard. A trope so nice, we did it twice this week. And I was I was incredibly impressed with this comic. I think... Mm-hmm. This, as far as I am told, Takihiko Anui is one of the most popular mangaka in the world. He did the manga Slam Dunk, which I have heard of and now absolutely want to read. And then after the smashing success of Slam Dunk was like, time to do my historical fiction and did Vagabond. It has some of the most beautiful line work I've ever seen. Really dynamic action like so much manga does. And a really fun beginning to a hero's journey. Like by the end of this volume, it feels like, all right, we have Miyamoto Musashi and we are now going to set out being samurai. So it's kind of fun to see his is essentially an an origin story volume to one of the most famous samurai in the world. And I had a great time with it. Sounds awesome. Who do you think your secret Santa was? Yo, this is absolutely Evan sent me this. No questions asked. Come Damn. on. How could you even come on? Use your brains. Use your minds. Evan sent me this comic. Anne would have tried to evangelize me with some womanhood. Alexis would have texted me and said, What should I get you? I don't know comics. The <laughs> only person who is going. <laughs> to wander out into the wilderness, understanding my taste this much, to gift me, knowing how much I like samurais, because we both like samurais, is going to be like, (laughs) this little man is going to love this samurai, and gift it to me? Come on, this is an Evan gift. I hate samurai. Yeah. (laughs) I don't talk about it. Notoriously, famously. Notoriously. Evan's like, what the hell are you talking about? I would just like it to be known that you gave Lexi so much shit for saying, listen, Dallas would have sent me something like from hell, but you're like, listen, Lexi would have texted me and would have sent me a girl book. I know this is Evan. You did the same exact thing that Lexi did. Hell yeah, gang gang. You are something else. (laughs) Hot take, Dallas just hates Elfster because he doesn't get more than one present from our family. Hmm. I say Oh, shit. That's true. That's true. That's the truth. That literally is true. Because listen, no, that's not actually true. What I hate about Secret Santa is when you get the Secret Santa, because every Secret Santa has more people than you want it to have. And there's nothing worse than when... We're right I mean, here! I like we are right here doing a Secret Santa right now? What the fuck, dude? I like everyone in this one. I like everyone You don't like all of our siblings? You're different. I get invited like. to the podcast and I just get insulted. <laughs> Usually there's only three of us, but today there's one too many. 
There's a lot to say about this secret Santa. That's it, you, Dallas. That's what you sound Alexis. like right now. <laughs> is the too many. I'm that was a good I'll, impersonation. I'll take myself out. Thank you. I'll try. Nah, so listen, I like all of our siblings, but every once in a while, you have like an idea that you're excited to give someone a gift. And I feel like every secret Santa, you never get that person. It's always like, you know that person you have no fucking idea what to give them <laughs> this holiday season? You know it's how every year I know who you, you have. get your... No, last year, I love her to death, but I got our 13-year-old sister, and I was like, what the fuck do you get a 13-year-old sister for Christmas? And she was like, not helpful at all with her elf. Her elfster list was like, you know me. Get me something you'd think I'd like. And I was like, I don't. I live across the country, and you don't talk. I don't know what you want. And it just gives me an ulcer. And so sometimes, as someone, also, I love gifts, and I love giving gifts, and I love being like, here, person I love, here's a token of my love. And I feel like Secret Santa is the way for the not gift people to like check the box on gifts and keep everybody else in line so they don't have to feel bad about how they couldn't be creative enough to get everybody a gift. Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Damn, Dallas, I'm tell us how you really feel about this idea that I brought oh. to the podcast. Oh. I, I won't. No, <laughs> this was a very fun episode. He's specifically mad about our siblings. No, I'm mad that I'm in like five Elfsters this year. Oh, That's crazy. Me. It feels like everybody in the oh, world I'm was the like, only one. Leave me alone. Everybody in the world was like, so Alexis been telling us about this app. <laughs> and now Dallas has to be logged into Elfster like it's a social media. Don't lie and say you didn't enjoy making a list. I didn't. I didn't. Because their user interface Damn. is stupid as well. You can't buy right from the app. You got to have this yeah, it's kinda silly. stupid list. And then you have to be like, hmm, well, let's go find it on a real app. <laughs> okay, Dallas is angry. Let's move actually, on. <laughs> listen, I'd like to take it back. I don't actually have beef with Secret Santa. I have redecided it's just Elfster. Okay. It's just Elfster that I hate. Okay. <laughs> and also, at least one started. person here. <laughs> Elster and one person are on your shit list today. Me, it's me. You apparently, both have fingers or name names. Hey, me. listen, who knows? Dallas. It could be any of us. <laughs> it could be him. He doesn't know. I think okay. it is me. So, do you have anything else to say about the book? How is the art in the book? Oh, it's stunning. Yeah, yeah it's super pretty. I it has really, really clean line work at really clear paneling. You can tell this is mm-hmm. a comic book professional at their peak. Like, yeah, the storytelling's superb. Say we were talking a couple weeks ago where you were trying to read through Nausicaa and you were having some issues with Nausicaa. How does this compare? What was, what was holding you back with Nausicaa and what did you really like about this? So Nausicaa, I hate that I didn't love Nausicaa. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like Nausicaa so much and it is so clear that um, Miyazaki is meant for animation because mm-hmm. Nausicaa read like a bunch of storyboards next to each other and not like a comic book. Like I, it felt like there was too much information on the pages, which like, I mean, hats off to Miyazaki drawing his pants off, but like every page had like 12 or 13 panels and their layout was often confusing and the panels to all fit on the page had to be so small that it was often hard to see what was going on. And that's not a problem with animation. Like he does end up drawing 
all those panels. He draws every single moment in order to make this beautiful animated film. I think Miyazaki is a master. I just will watch Nausicaa because the comic was hard for me to read. Whereas the magic of a comic book is in the movement that is not seen. It's putting two pictures next to each other with the action happening between them and making sure that those images are clear enough that you understand what happened off screen, so to say. And Vagabond is so good at that. With something like Samurai, where there are these quick, big, bombastic movements that are the driving force of the story, it is so refreshing to see someone as talented as Takehiko Anui take that on. Because I flew through this book. Big, beautiful panels, often often four, sometimes five panels on a page. We all joked that I got the big homework for the week, but I read this in like two hours because it just, it cooked. It flew by in a really satisfying way. Like, I think this has everything that people say they love about manga, minus just it getting to be hornier than Western comics. This is still a pretty horny book, frankly, but really fun, really dynamic and wonderful. I highly, highly recommend. I'll check it out. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a question for you, Dallas. So you said it, you compared it to uh, Miyamoto. Well, obviously it's Miyamoto, but um, you compared it to Yojimbo. You compared it to Usagi Yojimbo. Um, between the three, how do they compare to each other? Either like stylization, how you feel about it, anything like that. So Yojimbo is clearly more at the end of his life, right? Or like he's like a middle-aged samurai. He's been doing this for a while. You just pick up on a singular adventure for him. Whereas Vagabond is very much a, we are going to tell the life of this person, warts and all. And I think the major difference between Vagabond and Usagi Ojimbo is that Vagabond shows a very flawed character working towards becoming the legend. Like, frankly, Miyamoto Musashi is kind of annoying at the beginning of this because he's like a 17-year-old boy that is a bit of a dickhead. And, like, there was a moment about halfway through this where I was like, man, like, I do I want to read about, like, an idiot teenager right now? Like, I, I'm not really connecting with this character and then he has like this big major arc in the middle of this where he gets really humbled and it clued me in on the pacing of this story because Usagi Ojimbo which is still my favorite like Vagabond is incredible but I think if I'm going to read a samurai thing Usagi Ojimbo you know this Evan Usagi Ojimbo is perfect the best, it's, best. it's every single issue of Usagi Ojimbo is a perfect flavor of Usagi Ojimbo. Like, no notes. Stan Sakai is a legend. Um, his Usagi is much more fully formed from the jump. Like, if have you you've read the um, the origin of Usagi Ojimbo with like the war he has to go to and the horses oh, yeah. and all that? That's yes. literally the opening images of this. Is that? But they're all drawn as humans instead of animals. And except Usagi Ojimbo has no, like, this guy's a little bit the worst arc at the beginning, whereas Vagamon yeah. does. And I think 
it's interesting because I resonate more with the Usagi Ojimbo take of it all. Like I like the aspirational hero. I like the person that I can root for in all these situations yeah. instead of the person that I feel like is I'm rooting for to get better. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, awesome. Thank you everyone for sharing what you got. It is now my turn last person and it's fitting. I'm going last for a few reasons, but my book I got this week, as I said earlier, was Crimson Flower by the Matt's Matt Kent and Matt Lesniewski and Bill Crabtree on colors. It is a really interesting book. This was a book that I only found out about, about, you know, a, a month or two ago, I learned about it at Comic-Con and I think one of my favorite parts about Comic-Con was the last day I was there, everything had kind of calmed down a little bit. It was it was the day where you feel like everyone's a little out of it. The creators feel dead because they've been talking to people and drawing for four days straight. They've been going to panels. They've been doing all the fun stuff. And so in just like those last hours where it's like, I'm only going to be here for a few hours today. I just want to see what I can see before I leave. I didn't go, I didn't really talk to any like quote unquote big creators on Sunday. I talked to mostly a lot of the indie crowd. And I think that was probably my favorite experience at Comic-Con was finding all these new writers and artists to talk to and getting to have conversations with them on that last day. And um, Matt um, Lesniewski was one of the artists that we um, stopped by and saw. And the name, the name Matt Kent is familiar to me. I know he's done a lot of stuff. And he wrote, you know, the the highest selling number one issue of the 21st century. So it's, you know, he's been around. He's been around the block a few times. What is yeah, Ber- what is it's that? Berserker. It's Berserker number one is the highest selling comic of the 21st century. Hell yeah. That feels so broken. I love it. More that. than Star Wars number one? <laughs> More than Star Wars number one. That's that insane. Did insane. Keanu Reeves buy them all? <laughs> Because Star Wars no, number one sold is a million copies. Definitely his effect. It it, it was, yeah. That's Listen, crazy. That I could crazy. be wrong. I it they, was. I did find that out on Wikipedia, so it could be almost, wrong. They almost got me with the new Berserker, where he's like in yeah. ancient Babylon. I I was mm-hmm. like, should I read Keanu Reeves in ancient Babylon? Like this feels like very <laughs> Dallas coded. I was like, don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked into Berserker. <laughs> I, I I admit I picked up that first issue. I did it. I read that first issue. But you know, I knew him from before, but when I saw Lesniewski's art at Comic Con sitting there on the, the table, I was instantly like transfixed. I fell in love with it. It was so different and stylistic and original. Such it, it was an exaggerated style where the the cartooning feels very simplistic and like the face but then you get to like the arms and the clothing especially everything is so baggy and flowy and hyper detailed and i'm just like this is unlike anything else i've seen in comics it it takes like it's um exaggerations past a point of even like a, a a frank quietly which is like probably the closest person i could put it to just out of like the popular popular names and crimson flower is one of the books I saw at that table, I put it on my wish list. It was like a great comic that looked like it had this badass redhead fantasy woman 
on the cover with a dagger. And I'm like, this this feels out of everything here. Because he did stuff like Mind Management, which I've heard really great things about. But this, I'm like, this one is the one that feels most encoded. And it, I'd already spent so much money. I almost picked it up at Comic-Con, but I didn't. So I'm like, you know what? I'll pick it up soon. And so that was on my list. And the story is this really surreal one about this woman who is going around tracking down retired killers, trying to find the person who killed her father. You know, it feels like the typical, like, revenge story, vengeance story, person seeks out to avenge the death of a loved one, yada yada. But the the surreal twist on it is it kind of has, like, a, um, a sucker punch aspect where the moments between reality and fantasy kind of bleed together, and you see things happening in the real world and how our main character perceives it. And she kind of views everything through the lens of a fairy tale. And it's really interesting. Cause I think that's one of the parts that makes the artwork really, really well. Cause um, Matt's art looks like something you'd see in like a classic um, uh, grim fairy tale, just the illustrations on the side of the page where it's so monstrous, but also beautiful at the same time. And it's, it's so fun. It never shies away from the violence. It never shies away from the ugliness of it. Um, it's it's one of those comics that I know would be a hard sell to people who are mostly into like cape comics because the art is such a departure. And I know I'd have people being like, "Oh, the art's inconsistent," or "It's it's all oh, the art's ugly." I'm like, "It's it's that's the point. It's it looks like this for a reason. It's an unsettling story about a woman's struggle to find what is real and her." on her quest for vengeance, trying to figure out where the line between her, she, the line where she is and the line where, you know, others want her to be and whether or not she's going to cross that. Cause the whole, the whole point of her going through this is her telling herself that the person that killed her father had a choice the whole time. And then you get to the end where she finally confronts this guy who is terrifying. All the, all the killers in this are terrifying and it's, it's so well designed and crafted. The, biggest issue I have with this book is it gives away I think the biggest point of the plot on the back cover it tells you about like the the main hook and the like I don't want to say the main hook in case anyone wants to go out and read it but it's so weird because I'm like I feel like if I didn't know that going in I would have had a much better experience with this book I'd be unraveling the mystery with her I'd be like oh what's happening with all this these surreal parts why is she envisioning like a fantasy why are these two worlds blending together but the back it just it just fucking tells you it just tells you what's going on and you should know by like the fourth or fifth issue anyway you should have a pretty good idea but I feel like just knowing that from the get-go I'm like I feel like, like I know exactly where the story is gonna go and the story if you know that it's it, it is pretty straightforward it's like you know how it's gonna end she's gonna track these guys down she's gonna kill a bunch of people she's gonna get to where she needs to go she's gonna kill the guy that killed her dad story's over and the end of the story tells you exactly what's gonna happen after that it's it makes the character journey in it feel a little flat to me but it's honestly it it didn't matter too much to me that the story is pretty straightforward to me it just feels like a vehicle for the art and the art is fantastic i i'm a little a little twinks. I love the inks. I love the the line work. I'm a little. I think I'm a little let down by the colors because they're just very, very flat, very, very boring. And one of the things that brought me to um, appreciate um, 
Matt's art in the first place when I saw them at Comic-Con is everything was in black and white and he had this really awesome way of shading everything that made it feel like it was almost in 3D. It was super, super interesting and crazy to look at. I'm like, wow, this is this is wild. I, I want that. And there's there's elements of that in there. His his line work is still stunning, but I feel like the, the colors just stick it right there in that two-dimensional plane and it doesn't go any further than that. Where I'm like, this was a fun book to read. I love it. I love the main character. I love the journey she goes on. The action is incredible. It's it's a book that I greatly, greatly in, enjoyed, but I think it could have been better. But honestly, I'm not, it's not like I'm unhappy with it. I had such, such a fun time. The, the final fight, especially, there's this moment where the main character, it looks like she's down and out and she does this crazy badass thing. And you're like, oh my God. Oh my God, that goes so hard. This is wild. This is fucking nuts. And yeah, Crimson does, does Flower. Does she make them join the Elfster? Is that what she does? She, she does. Everyone joins them? Elfster at the end. And um, that's actually the the secret the whole time is it says on the back that everyone joins Elfster. That I didn't want to spoil it, but you know, that yeah, was it was a secret Santa with all the dad's killers. <laughs> a secret Santa with that's a bunch of retired killers. Out. I, Alexis, could you get that organized for us? Could you get the retired killers on the phone and get them into an Elfster? No. I'm Alexis never doing an Elfster saying, ever again. Alexis so is all done to with this joke. That with a response. Lexi's all done with this joke. I know, Lexi. I have an idea for our next Secret Santa. We How should we all do it get tattoos Dallas? based on a different character. No, Dallas has to be involved with this, so we all know what tattoo to get him specifically. We all get <laughs> tattoos. Oh was, oh, God, damn it, yes, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Dallas gets a Tamlin tattoo. Get Dallas a Tamlin tattoo. Everyone, hashtag Dallas Tamlin tattoo. Tamlin tattoo. Tamlin's beast form tattoo on Dallas' left thigh. Okay, so not to yeah, the beast form is so like. So you've never met an alpha (laughs) one. Yeah, that's why you have to have it on you for the rest of your life. That's why Reese is superior because oh well, my goodness, he's so scary. Well, 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 my little kitten. Hello there, widow kitten. Is this gonna bother with you? I'm a bit of an alpha myself, Widowy. Also, why did he have to destroy her family home? He could have just knocked Tamlin. (laughs) My name's Tamlin, and I'm a little bit of an alpha. I I was taken out of the story so much in the second book where it said she was clutching the toilet. I'm like, what do you mean? This man definitely has a litter box. Are you shitting me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but real speak. He just goes out back. Those books every once in a while will throw me out of it so hard with like a semi modern thing. Like yeah. when she's oh, in like yeah. a sweater and leggings. And I was like, no, this is the Middle <laughs> Ages. No, she's not cuddled up in a sweater and leggings. What the hell is happening? Yeah. Or when um, Reese was just like, oh, I love that. What's that song called? Guy Name Style? And you were like, no, no, no. Damn it. Wrong year. <sighs> Anyway, Crimson Flower. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Crimson Flower. That was my book. Had a lot of fun with it. Very, very glad I got a chance to read this. And I'm going to be checking out so much of Matt's work in the future. Both Matt's. Both Matt's I'll be checking out. <laughs> read Grass Kings. That's Grass the book Kings? that made me fall in love with Matt Kent. And the art in that read, is uh, crazy. Read Department H. Department yeah. H. Okay. Read Mr. Mammoth. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's Jesus like Christ. when I when I was reading it, I was going in to be like, "Oh, Jeff Lemire book." It wasn't. It was a Matt. Kent. <laughs> and That's I was a like, great way to pitch Matt yeah. Kent. Very and meanly. The fact that I didn't realize it wasn't a Jeff Lemire book until like after I was done and looking at the cover, I was like, "Oh shit!" It was really well done. 
Yo, yo, it's Matt Kinn. Matt- <laughs> no, Hot take. It's uh, not underwater boiler. Underwater boiler, obviously. Matt Kent is absolutely, we have Jeff Lemire at home, but with your eyes closed, <laughs> you can't tell it's not Advil. Yeah. Like it, it's ibuprofen brand instead of Advil brand, and there's no real difference, and you get way more for less. <laughs> Jesus That's, Christ. It's just as good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go into who I think sent me this <sighs> because. I feel pretty confident on who sent me this. I'm going to walk you through my process. <laughs> so I definitely thought way too hard about this because my Secret Santa um, gift came with a note. Um, Don't read that... the note on the air. <laughs> read the note on the this air. Is why you sit and you listen to this note. This is the moment where everyone <laughs> realizes that I was shit talking Secret Santas because Secret Santas killed my mother. <laughs> Um, I think, and you're in five of them it's you <laughs> well, all that shit I was talking earlier um, <laughs> so it turns out that literally no one lets you know <laughs> the rules of Secret Santa uh, literally and read and, the note read the note I'm really ready right now someone was playing a mind game with me I thought some of you was I thought one of you was being very smart. I want you to know, Secret Santa next year, I'm doing the same sad note. I'm crying at my own stupid ass. Oh my god. It says, a gift for you. Comics, co- <laughs> yeah, Comics Collective sh- Secret Santa from <laughs> from Dallas Taylor. <laughs> Very confusing. First off, there are literally two... sent you a website that says what to do step by step to make sure your name doesn't show up. Literally. <laughs> well, literally, I didn't read that. Okay, I didn't know there was a second text box with my name in it. I changed the first text box to just say Comics Collective. I didn't know there was a second one to have my name until Ann texted and went something very mysterious has happened with my secret sense, and I went. What? <laughs> no! She's like, someone's either very smart or very stupid. And I was like, that's not even smart! <laughs> so this is when I come forward, and now everyone understands my angst from 30 minutes ago. Um, there we go. I don't actually got beef with Alexis or Evan or Secret Santa in general. I was just a little bit bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> you, pulled, you pulled a Zuko. You're like, I'm angry at myself. <laughs> Fire explodes everywhere. Yeah, so... Um, it was Alexis. Listen. <laughs> Plot twist, I said it. I honestly, before we arrived, I did think it was Lexi because in our text with each other, all three of you had said you got your books already and Lexi said something like, yeah, we should... My, like, oh, by the way, mine has shipped. Or has it? And like, that feels like a Lexi slip up. That feels like something Lexi would say. I feel like my presence, since it's the only one on the way, that's definitely Lexi. Well, jokes on you. Like, that was a say. slip up. <laughs> that was so jokes not on us. We did know. We all. I think we're all we don't move on me. Everyone knew. Unless Lexi's blonde so roots were showing. Okay. <laughs> I can't would believe you- I did that. I was so disappointed in myself. Literally, first off, 
they didn't build that website for an alpha. <laughs> they didn't build it for an alpha male like me. Hmm. When they like can't read. Dealing. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I, I, I wanted to go last because I could not talk about who I thought mine was without starting the process of revealing who's is who who did what. So Dallas, you sent me this book. You yeah. were there when we talked to to Matt. So talk me about why you sent me this book. I was like, I similarly had a really fun time Sunday at Comic-Con hopping around to all of the lesser known artists. And I felt like we had a really nice moment at Matt Lisniewski's section. So when I saw that that was a book on your Elfster list, which actually are very helpful if you know how to not sign your name to what you send. <laughs> um it was, it was easy choice. I was like, man, that's mm-hmm. a book that like we connected over because at the end of the day, that's why I love gifts so much. It's like a token from me to you or from you to me of like, this is something that I love that I think you will also love. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about your future enjoyment. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's why I picked that book. I felt like every time you look at it, you will remember that fun day we had at Comic-Con. And now also how bad I am at Secret Santas. You will also remember. It's a two for one. It's perfect. It's I'm keeping for... this slip inside the book forever. It stays there. Lex, how smug do you feel? Scale of one to ten. I don't ever want to talk to you ever again. I'm quitting the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is the last episode. This Just is the last Lexi episode. Because I'm excited about that one. But the last I'm excited for one. you all to like um, tell me how great I am that I told you to read this stupid little fairy book that's changed everybody's lives. Yeah, it's going to happen. Did I show you guys his tattoo I got? <laughs> it's the lion. I read the first book of it's Cross so of Rose good. of Thorns and whatnot. Tamlin is my favorite character. What and that will that? never change. Hmm. All right. I so I'm going to get on my forehead. I'm going to get a full back piece of Tamlin in beast form that says <laughs> lions do not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it's going to have a bunch of roses around it yes. for a court of Holy thorns shit. and roses. perfect. This reminds me of my favorite moment in Berserk. Uh, I got you back, Mon. In, in Berserk. Is because, <laughs> uh, in, uh, first of all, I guess why I got you Vagabond is very clear and obvious, but I've read most of Vagabond except the last two volumes, and I wanted to scream to you multiple times that I, uh, you should get it, but then we were working on that project together, so I was like, I have the perfect end gift to give Dallas. Once we're done with this project, we'll finish our first draft or two, and I'll be like, Dallas, here's a kindly written letter typed out and here's also of my one of my favorite mangas that i know you'll love and then yeah, i got you for yeah. secret Santa, and i was like fuck <laughs> i gotta think of something and so i i thought about doing a joke gift but instead i was just like uh i'm gonna be very sincere and give him something i think he'll love and i think we'll really connect over so i'm glad you like it you're uh, right but i'm gonna read the rest and we'll keep talking yes but my favorite moment in berserk is i think it's in the first like deluxe edition or something uh, he kills a monster and he's been like this girl's been like dragging herself around with him for the entire like first few mm-hmm. volumes mm-hmm. and then uh, also trigger warning coming up but uh, she's just like what do I do oh I can't do anything uh, I'm like really defeatist and he walks up and gets really quiet and it just shows him like this splash page of him just standing there looking cool as hell then it zooms in on his face and he says then you should kill yourself. And I burst out <laughs> laughing so hard. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this dude's such an asshole. And afterwards, they're just like, why would you say that? And he's just like, what? If it's just like not worth living. And then he explains it and everything. But uh, I just thought about that when you said that you gave that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Lions don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. I drink and I know things. I yo awesome. some this girl on TikTok said that guys who post like that lion quote and start using like the hands praying emoji a lot unironically is the male equivalent to joining a pyramid scheme. Like every bully from your high school that was a girl is part of a pyramid scheme texting you, <laughs> hey girl, I'm my own entrepreneur now. Um, and then every guy who was a bully shares that quote and praying hands. And I was like, that's correct. I use a lot of praying hands. Nice. Well, okay. Do you guys want to tell us? Yeah, no. I don't use opinions over what you guys say. <laughs> that's not the quote. That's not the quote. I don't lose opinions over the dreams. Of lose opinions sheep. over you people. Sheep don't lose opinions over the dreams of life. Okay, <laughs> so that's two of us down. Which one of us sheep sent Evan his present? I'm gonna guess. Yay! Ding ding ding! And you're lucky My... because I almost sent you something that wasn't a comic on accident. <laughs> I wish you did. That'd been so funny. That'd been so funny. If I was like, oh yeah, this is great Secret Santa. We all got uh, things we love. I got mittens? What? Uh (laughs) You put some power tools on there and I was like, hey, those are nice. What'd you say? You put some power tools on your wish list and I was like, hey, those are nice. That was so cool. If you got power tools, I would love you forever. I'd be like, holy shit. Because at first, I also messed up Secret Santa. He's like, I, I, if I go last too, I'm just like, yeah, I got uh, a chainsaw. Yeah, my first man is an idiot. <laughs> no, it's a genius. You lost the plot. They, they knew exactly what I wanted. No, there was some good uh, That's part there. of my thought process, though, was that I knew what I got Dallas, and I knew Dallas got Anne Crimson Flower because it had Matt Kent. And so uh, I got this in the mail. And also, other context clues one, the text of you being like, Mine's out for delivery. Oh, just kidding, JKK. I was like, I didn't get mine yet. Oh my gosh, and then I got mine like two days later. Like, Anne got hers immediately after that, but then I got mine like two days after Anne, I think. And yeah. so I was like, All right, well, that, that had to be me. I clocked myself um, and also, on accident. Yes. And also, I kind of figured uh, you're always playing up the idea of, I don't read comics. I don't know anything about comics. So it makes sense for you to get something off my witch list. And I was like, you cheated your way out of it, but you did a great job. So I respect it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hmm? Yeah. <sighs> and I'm you a power happened. tool next year. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll send you, I'll send you a power tool. We two should you know, do that. We should do this episode again next year because it was very fun. Oh, and you two tool. should have each other and just buy power tools back and forth. <laughs> but you won't no, know it's from I me because it was list. I wanted someone to buy me a Lego so bad. As the only two homeowners, you two can give each other power tools, and Anne and I in this True. renter's economy can keep getting comic books. <laughs> True. Oh, we have to do it again because um I don't know. Is this a successful or unsuccessful Secret Santa where everyone guesses theirs correctly? Because that's what we did this year. Everyone guessed correctly. So good job, everyone, for knowing each other that well. Lexi, you you did get me. You Sherlocked me out of it. And I appreciate mm-hmm. Dallas and Evan trying their absolute best to, I knew to y'all pull were liars. that away. I knew y'all were liars. Because um, I made that shit private. <laughs> yep. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you had no wish list, but that's okay. I, I know. Figured... I'm actually glad that you got me because I'm like, she do know what I like, even if I did put Legos mm-hmm. on my list. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, 
my my goal going into this was like whoever I get, I want to get them a comic that I've read before, one that I think they'll like, and one that I don't think we would ever talk about in like a full episode of the collective. And so I got you and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. I need to find something. I could show Lexi something that I love. I can show something like I can show Lexi something I adore. And I'm like, I was trying to be like big brain. I'm like, I need to blow her mind. I need to find the the smartest, best comic I've ever read in my entire life and be like, oh, like change you your entire fucking hell. life. <laughs> so, like I need to find Lexi's from hell. I need to do it. Basically but did. then I, I, I just, I was looking through my, I was literally going through my list of comics. I've, I, I have on my comicsology, just trying to think like, what are some of my favorite comics? And then I saw um, exterminators on there. I'm like, hold on. Wait a second. This feels like something that Lexi would adore. This feels great. That's like, I, I felt like, am I taking a chance just throwing a random X-Men comic at her? But I'm like, no, this is, this is, this is it. This is the one. It just like instantly spoke to me. And I'm like, this, this feels very, very special. I feel like Lexi's going to have a blast with this. Um, yeah, it was, so I'm so glad that you liked it as much as I ho was hoping you were going to. That means a lot. I was just, it was one of my most favorite comics that came out. It came out this year, right? Or last. Like this year or last year, like in, within the last yeah. two years at least. And so I was like, this, this is it. This is it. So that was my thought process behind that. That was a good thought process. I loved it. And you were right. You know me so well. That's also oh, yeah. one thing that tipped me off. I was like, this is a little too Lexi coded of a book. So somebody very close <laughs> to me. And it's Alexis not was right that I would have gotten her something stupid. Like No, you would have gotten me something that you liked, which I'm not saying is stupid, but I'm saying that you have a very big brain and sometimes my peewee brain can't get on the same level. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes I like to sit with my me. YA trash, okay? <laughs> yep. So fun book with a lot of pretty art, awesome women great sisterhood vibes for my sister so oh tears it's so true that's true this was basically us walking the streets of new york city and for the i'm trying my best lexi i'm trying my best we're trying we're trying you're so important i'm in the trenches Evan. over here <laughs> they pretend like they are picked on you know how many little lesbian books i've read this year <laughs> They only they always bring up from hell because it's they always bring up from hell because it's the one time I picked a book that was just for me. <laughs> Every other book I pick, I'm like, I hope they'll like this one. I'm gonna pick She Hulk this time. <laughs> and the one time I was like, this one's for Dallas's. They've mm -mm. never forgiven me. Yeah, I All loved right. from hell. Thank you. Good, good. That was <sighs> one of the best comics of all time. I will own it What's one day. That would make my brain have a little bit of a stroke. Trying to read that. <laughs> Just a my brain little itty bitty teeny. <laughs> Alexis sounds like a Skeksy from Dark Crystal. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Any other Jim Henson heads out there? Yeah. That's because yeah. that's that's why we BFFs. Number number one pal over there. Jim Henson fan. You right now. And did you say yes? Because I feel like you're very Jim Henson fan coded. Uh, a little bit. I haven't watched as many as I should. That's fair. I need to get I into more. 
if I could be any celebrity, it would definitely be one of the Muppets. Yo. Which one? I want to be... Obviously, Kermit is on everyone's top list, but I was going to say Gonzo is the dude, right? Gonzo. You want to meet the guy who married a chicken. Like, that's the one... I got so many questions Gonzo. about the relationship with the chicken, mostly. Yeah. But... Wait, wait. I, I like this line of thought. Lexi, what Muppet would you meet? Well, I was going to... Well, side note, speaking of Muppets, um, I have a coworker who's, whose sister's dogs are named Bunsen and, Be- Bunsen and Beaker after the Muppets. <laughs> And they're the cutest little pair, and so I feel like those two—not the not the dogs, but like those two—make me laugh a lot. So I feel like those two, <laughs> yeah. Or the grumpy, Love that. the grumpy old men that sit in like the balcony. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that'd be meeting Dallas. my dad in years. <laughs> I want to meet Michael Caine. Um, that my the, favorite Muppet. My favorite sure. Muppet, Michael Caine. Uh, just kidding. I want to meet Gonzo as well. Evan and I are always on the same page. Oh, Gonzo is my fashion icon. Miss Piggy would be very Kermy. I would try. Kermy. Plot twist: I'm just Miss Piggy, and Carson is Kermit. Oh. <laughs> Those always are my favorite relationship dynamics. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> L- me- little mean women. Mean women and meek and lowly little fellow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love them. Say, I always, listen, I was watching The Muppets Christmas Carol a few days ago, and I'm like, Rizzo the Rat is kind of really great. And yeah. I've always been a fan of Pepe. Oh, yeah. He's so fun. When We had a Muppets um, party cruise game for the GameCube when I was little. It was like Mario Party, but with Muppets. Wow. And I always played as Pepe every That's single awesome. time. I've always been a big fan of Animal. Was, oh. I so, you know, you know, you remember from high school, Mole Day? Mole Day? For chemistry. No. So mole no. is like a scientific thing. Uh, it's like a mm-hmm. large number for like molecules and stuff. So in science class, we would celebrate mole day. And each year you would, the chemistry class would celebrate by making little plush moles, like the creature of mole. Uh, so like for my year, I did Bob Moley. Uh, it won second place. Uh, it lost to something stupid. Uh, we won't talk about that. That's a traumatizing time. But my sister, who was two years older than me, she did it first. And for her, she did do animal. That so, rules. Oh They're my really gosh! Cool. And we still have them on our parents' fireplace mantle to this day. My favorite m- Muppet is actually Dallas the Muppet that Evan made me for Christmas. Oh, such a good Muppet! Right before we became BFFs too, like that was a real like <laughs> like he called his Babe Root hit a little bit. That, He's like, listen, we're Christmas presents friends, but uh, let's see if we're made a Muppet of you friends, and we were. It's we were. Real, really were. <laughs> and he sent me the scariest video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> The Muppet oh. just slowly encroaching on the camera and <laughs> snapping his jaw. Oh my god. That's a Junji Ito comic. That oh, thing was a predator. Its eyes guys, face forward. If you guys ever come... Uh, I almost said my city. Oh my god. If you guys come, ever come to visit me for a weekend, we will make Muppets. I promise that. I have yes. extra foam and everything. Actually, yes. right here, I have better foam now that I've been saving. Right here in my hand. Podcast listeners, go to your phones. Look at your cameras. I'm showing you this giant thing of... Foam I stole from my climbing gym. So, <laughs> ah. and I also unplugged my headphones. So now it's loud. Sorry about that. I love it. I love it. I, we actually have a note from one of our listeners with a question that is a great lead-in to next week. So we're not going to answer Ooh. the question, Ooh. but it can be a drum roll to pitching our final episode of the year, explaining our holiday schedule a little bit. So. 
Gianni Palumbo writes and says, Hello again, Dallas and Lexi and Evan, and happy holidays. Woo! I discovered this podcast this year and binged every episode and have been listening every week ever since. You guys are genuinely the best. I only have one friend, IRL, that reads comics, and since he moved out of state for college, we don't speak as much. So this podcast is a way to help fill that void. Also, Anne, it was an absolute pleasure meeting you this year at New York Comic Con and was absolutely a highlight of 2023. Anyway. You too, Gianni. <laughs> anyway, my question is, what was your favorite new discovery you made this year? This could be anything. A comic, a writer, a music artist, a director, a movie, a hobby, etc. Thank you again for an incredible podcast and have a wonderful and safe holiday season. So, Gianni, we have some great Ooh. news for you. Gianni, the, the only correct answer to that question that I'll leave vague is um, heterosexual fairy porn. Thank you. <laughs> that is what we all discovered. <laughs> Evan seems real nervous. Um, I feel like we watched different versions of Godzilla minus one. Is all <laughs> where, where was that in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> Uh, oh no! So we are coming up on the second annual "Everything But the Comics" episode. The way that we wrap for the season, we take the last two weeks of the year off from podcasting, mostly so we can be with our families. We can learn to love comics again and come back refreshed in January. Um, so we are going to give you a big extravaganza starring none other than Anne, Lexi, Evan, my wife, Addison, and myself all Ooh. sitting down to talk about our favorite things from 2023 that were not comics. So that episode was a big success last year, one of our biggest of the year. So we're doing it again this year. And similarly, this Super fun Secret Santa that Anne set up. If you guys all love it and you go out, download it, tell us how much you liked it, then we'll absolutely do it again next year. But, Johnny, you'll have to wait one week to find out about all of our incredible favorite things this year. And then it'll be two weeks off before we return with Evan's pick, Hellboy Part Ooh. 1. <clears throat> Crazy. Four Crazy for that. Hey, next time I'm picking Vagabonds, you better strap in. <laughs> oh, God. That's a, we're still a while off. That's going to be the most so dudes we... comic you ever read in your life. It's the number one dudes. My favorite part is going to be when Liz Sherman isn't in Hellboy anymore because she goes and has her own book. And Anne, for the next three months, goes, this comic used to be pretty good, but now it's just <laughs> Hellboy running no, around listen, being a listen, dude. I... Every week we're going to show up and you'll be like, and we're here to talk about Hellboy. I'm like, I don't care. BPRD, baby. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about BPRD. Everything was happening. Not in the book we read this week. Let's do it. Because also what's funny is I feel like Abe Sapien is a very Anne-coded character as well. Like if she's going to care about a boy, it's going to be Abe Sapien. Okay. <laughs> like she's not picking Hellboy. I feel like if in a lineup she had to pick one of the no. three, it's never Hellboy. But it's, no, if it's I had to choose Hellboy between Hellboy, Abe Sapien, or Liz, I'm choosing the monkey with the gun. <laughs> Every which, time. Is, which is from Hellboy, baby. Yeah, we're going to get there. Is that a monkey with great. a gun? <laughs> He's got a gun. 
Gosh, I what can't. A, the perfect short story. And Dallas hated it for being pancakes? a short story, he said. No, the Ooh. monkey one. The monkey panels. It's very good. It can be monkey read panels? in any order, and it's awesome. But Pancakes is the greatest short story of all time. But we're way ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's. Evan, do you want to pitch anything to the people? You uh, Listen, you're the fourth chair here. But we're going to treat you like you're still a guest. What do you have in the works for the people? I really like pretending I'm still a guest. I think it makes a nice dynamic, and I get to hop in and jump out whenever I want. And Evan I also pretending to be a guest is me pretending that I'm new to comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're buying each other power tools next year because we're just <laughs> the same power person. Tools Legos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lego power. T- anyway, we're getting over ourselves. Um, <laughs> Anne and I are in the mines. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, we're having a great time too. Shut up. We're working. <laughs> um, yes. So first thing I want to pitch is if you've never read Gwenpool, you should go read that. Uh, that's the comic I want to pitch this time because the gift I was going to get Lexi if I got Lexi was going to be Gwenpool Strikes Back, which is the uh, pseudo sequel to the original Gwenpool uh, comic. And it's also by Lee Williams, who did do Exterminators. So uh, Anna and I are of the same mind uh, because we're all lesbians. And uh, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was honoring lesbian for one episode. Uh, that's a callback. Uh, so you can find me at Evan uh, Reads Comics on Twitter.com uh, or X if you want to call it that. You can also find me on TikTok at Evan Von Doom. You can also find my podcast that I co-host with Dallas uh, monthly called What's Next Comic Book Podcast where every month we go over the monthly solicitations for a different comic book publishers including Marvel, DC, Image Studios, Boom, sometimes TKO. And this month we're actually going to talk a little bit about some Kickstarters that I found that I wanted to pitch uh, for the holiday seasons. We love supporting indie comics around here. You can follow that podcast at uh, What's Next Comics on Twitter and TikTok where I sometimes make TikToks when I'm not taking a social media break. Evan's Hell TikToks yeah. are funny. Go follow him. They make Thank me you. laugh. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review. And if you do, we'll read it off on the show. And finally, if I feel like we skipped a line. <laughs> You know, you know, you can follow all of us on our social medias too, because Dallas don't let me talk. Yeah, there no we more. go. There's that one. <laughs> that, it threw me off. It's like I know exactly what to say after you Dallas says that. I have that memorized, but I don't remember Lexi speaking. Mm. Lexi, <laughs> you know our social medias at this point. <laughs> okay, you know our social medias. Um, also, email us at thecomicscollective at gmail What about? I don't know. Don't email us for a few weeks. We're off. I'm taking a social media break. Our email is closed. I don't email us. Reachable. We're not reachable for three weeks. Problem. Leave us alone. Do not perceive us. Listen, that's January one. Dallas's problem. Write us in about Hellboy, and I'll look at it (laughs) on January first. Perfect. Uh, Lex, tell them where they'll see us next week. Next week, we're going to go through our lovely everything but everything but the comics next week. Join us. It'll be big. It'll be fun. Lots of shenanigans. Lots of giggling like this episode. It'll be great. And there'll be a lot of butts. There will be a lot of butts. And <laughs> the podcast right there. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. Our guest, Bye. Evan, and our new to comics, Alexis. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. Bye.